Joining us on this episode of Yahoo Finance Presents is Mark Benioff, the CEO of Salesforce, the leading customer relationship management software provider. Also, he's a member of the World Economic Forum Board of Trustees and an author of multiple books, most recently Trailblazer. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's always great to be with you, Julia. Yeah, Mark, I have to imagine, um, because if you go back 21 years ago, you were the disruptor. You saw software as a service, the cloud. So I imagine a lot of folks are probably asking you now what the future of work looks like. And you all just finished your Trailhead DX Developers Conference. And one of my takeaways is that that future is here and now, and it's an all digital work from anywhere world that is becoming the new normal. I would love for you to unpack the implications of that for companies, um, how we interact at work and products. Well, Julia, I, I really appreciate that question. I mean, these have been such challenging times. I mean, the last time that we spoke, we talked about the pandemic that we were in and the emergence of an economic crisis. Now we're in a social and racial injustice crisis. We're, we're in a global leadership crisis, and you're right, there's a lot of questions right now about what the future looks like, and even what the future of work looks like. And, um, you know, when I get that question, I kind of say to everyone, well, I just want to remind you, I'm in my home. <laughs> you're in your home. <laughs> and we're in this all digital environment. Here we are, you know, using this technology to communicate and to, to do this interview. And that looks a lot like what the future of work is. It's a work anywhere, live anywhere environment. It's all digital. And that's why today we're introducing Salesforce Anywhere. We've actually had to enhance and extend our own product lines to help our customers to work and live and succeed anywhere. Now you, the last time we talked, we talked about work.com, which was our brand new platform that's letting our customers reopen safely. That's been a huge success. It now represents about 10% of our pipeline. It's amazing. Today, we're introducing Salesforce Anywhere, you know, giving all of our customers the ability to, to work anywhere. Yeah, Mark, it's interesting how you've been able to innovate during this time. And we've seen this acceleration of trends, both macro and micro within tech that we've often talked about in the past. You just mentioned Salesforce Anywhere. And it brings up the concept of collaboration. And one of the benefits, this is just kind of personally, when you're in office, it's so easy to collaborate with your teammates. It's a little more challenging in this remote environment. But do you think that this product might help us get there where it kind of becomes the normal, where you do feel like you're getting that right amount of collaboration? Well, you're 100% right. And that's why we've integrated Zoom as well as Amazon Chime into our core platform and core services. So it makes collaboration such an effortless part of selling or servicing or marketing or conducting commerce or creating a single source of truth with your customer, what we call customer 360. For us, the ability to know your customer and to have that deep interaction and integ integration with them, that is the true vision and promise of Salesforce anywhere. And it's why our customers are so excited about this. But one other thing is when you look at work.com, that idea that we have to be ready to have a new way to work, you know, that we have to be able to think about what is it going to be like to go back into the office? We're, we're reopening our offices now in Tokyo, in Hong Kong, in South Korea, in New Zealand, in Australia, in Copenhagen. We're learning a lot. We're seeing this incredible new world of work 
Not everyone is coming back to the office. And if somebody does get the virus and they get sick, well, we have to be able to do contact tracing. That's why, for example, we've actually deployed that technology in 35 states here in the U.S. to help stop the spread. So providing manual contact tracing capability to these uh, critical parts of our public infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this just from a leadership perspective. You're just mentioning the reopening process of your offices and kind of combined with the remote work. And it brings up um, mental health as a topic because a lot of folks have expressed issues around feeling loneliness, anxious. I mean, this is a conversation I had with my own CEO here at um, Yahoo Finance. And I know this is something you've talked about. How do you manage um, from the mental health perspective? Because it sounds like we're in new territory here to make sure everyone's just all right when we're all socially distanced. Well, we talked about that on our last uh, interview, Julia, you know, that right away, one third of all of our employees have reported that they have mental health issues at home, many of the things that you mentioned, and we needed to go right into action. And so every single day, we've done a Salesforce Be Well call with all of our employees just to help them do mindfulness exercises, help them to reconnect with others, to help them pay attention to not just their physical health, but their mental health health. And in fact, it's become so popular now that we've had to open it up to all of our customers, even the whole world. You can now attend just a Salesforce Be Well course, which is uh, something that we're doing almost every single day. Let me give you, tell you a couple more things that we've had to do. We've had to do all hands calls. Every Wednesday, I'm on a call with all of our employees. You know, we have 52,000 employees. It's not unusual for, a, for half of them to be on this call that's amazing to me. We haven't done those types of calls since we were a startup, like you mentioned, 20 years ago. And a third thing that we've done is our Leading Through Change series. We've now had more than 100 million views of Leading Through Change, which is helping our, present our opinion of how to be successful during this incredible moment. So there's many things that we have had to do to get productivity back with our own sales force. It's very important, and with all of our employees, I should mention. That is, we're trying to get everyone from paralysis into participation. We're trying to enable and to train everyone in this new world. We're trying to increase our relevance, which is why work.com is so important and Salesforce Anywhere is so important. And I'll tell you, they also need very tactical plays on how to behave and how to act in an environment like this. Very specific training on here's how to be successful in this world. Ultimately, yeah. it's about customer success. We have to help get that customer success to happen. But doing all of these things, that is the way to make it happen. Yeah, certainly a new environment. It makes me wonder, how do you see the evolution of business's role, the CEO's role in an environment where we have multiple crises? You have the health crisis, the crisis, the um, economic crisis, the social and racial crisis. And you mentioned earlier a, a leadership crisis, I would assume maybe a lack of leadership. How do you see the role of business evolving? Well, the role of business is what I've been saying for some time. I, I, so, I so strongly believe business is the greatest platform for change, Julia. Times like this, business has to play its role. We have to play our role in providing value back to the world. We have to think about not just our shareholders, which are obviously very important, but also our stakeholders. Now, look, shareholders are very important to me. I've had a 3,400% return on Salesforce equity since we first went public in June of 2004. 
But our stakeholder return is also very important to me. So how are we serving our communities right now? For example, in public education, we're making very significant grants. We've almost given almost $100 million to our San Francisco and Oakland public schools. And right now, we're about to make another huge distant learning grant to help get all those kids be able to do those kind of distant learning that we see happening all over the world. Another great example is we have to be able to offer our services to nonprofits and NGOs, especially at a time like this. We have more than 40,000 nonprofits and NGOs using our product for free on our service. Uh, and of course, our employees are volunteering and doing everything they can to help the world during this time. But it's the combination of having a great stakeholder return and a great shareholder return that makes a great company. Yeah, a couple of things I want to unpack there. You just mentioned public education. I know you all have adopted more than 100 public schools, as you just mentioned. You yourself adopted uh, middle school in your neighborhood. Given what we've gone through, have you noticed inequities or inadequacies within the public education system when we've had to go to this remote world? And if so, like what needs to change? And if it doesn't change, what are the consequences? This is something I'm actually working on right now. I'm co-chairing a task force for the state of California to help look at what are we going to do to get our public schools being able to be successful during this environment. When we shut down our schools and shut down our neighborhoods and shut down our cities, our teachers didn't automatically go into pandemic mode where they knew how to be able to teach remotely. In fact, a lot of our kids don't even have remote access, remote broadband or the technology at home. That's where uh, it's really a crisis. You look at, you know, I mean, look at what I just said. We, we spent almost $100 million in the San Francisco and Oakland public schools. I feel terrible. None of that was for distant learning. We were working on just basic math and science and courseware and getting people to attend class and infrastructure and making our schools great. I didn't realize we were about to come into a pandemic and our, and our teachers were going to have to be able to teach our kids remotely. So we need to kind of go into a bit of a crisis mode right now and make sure that we're there for our kids so we're able to get everyone back into the educational environment. And, you know, I mean, this is my first pandemic. I have not been through something like this before, but I don't think it's my last pandemic, Julia. I think we've got more issues coming and we better be ready and build that resiliency now into our public education system. Good point, Mark. I'd like to shift topics. Um, because you're you're someone who's known to call out companies that violate trust. And you called out Facebook years ago, calling them the new cigarettes at the World Economic Forum, I believe maybe 2018, if I recall, or even earlier, before some of these things came to light. Recently, we've seen a new campaign emerge. It's called the Stop Hate for Profit campaign. You have Common Sense Media, the NAACP, the Anti-Defamation League on board, getting companies to pause their advertising in the month of July. We've seen Patagonia, North Face, and others come on board. Do you think the public sector can push Facebook to make meaningful change, or will that change have to come from the government? I'd love to get your take on that. Well, you know how I feel, Julia. I feel that Facebook is the new cigarettes. It's addictive. It's not good for you. They're after your kids. They have a product called Facebook for kids. We, they say publicly that their highest values are not truth and trust, that they don't really care what the quality is of their pro pro content on their platform. That, that's amazing to me. And, you know, if your company values are not about truth, that you're, the highest value and most important thing to you in the business and world is not about trust, 
I, I don't have a lot of time for that. That that's amazing. So this is a moment in time where all of us have to ask that question for our companies. Number one, what are our most important values? What are the values? What are the, the bedrock that we're building our companies on? And yes, different companies, just like different individuals, have different values. We can all ask ourselves, what's the most important thing to us? But when we look at a company like Facebook or other social media, where we're getting news and information, and it might not be accurate, or we might be being misled, or there might be misinformation. Well, Julia, we've got to come back to truth and trust. You know, you know, I also own Time Magazine, and I can tell you that every every week we work our hardest to make sure that that's about truth and trust. That's the core values of Time Magazine for 95 years. That's why when people get that magazine in their home, which has been so important to so many families during this time, that they can rely on this information, how to succeed and be healthy during the pandemic. Well, you've got to give people the true information. Otherwise, you're going to end up with more sick people. Who wants that? Right. You know, one one final question for you, Mark. Um, you've been so open. You were just mentioning some of the conversations you've had internally at Salesforce and even making those public. And you're a CEO who's been known to be open and vulnerable. How do you get other CEOs on board with this? Because it does seem like we're entering a new world. You've talked about the fifth industrial revolution, for example. Not taking a stand is no longer an option. So how do you get people comfortable and if they don't get comfortable with it what happens julia i always try to think about keeping my own house in order and it's hard we have fifty-two thousand employees at salesforce you know that we're a company will do more than 20 billion dollars in revenue this year you know we of course have our own issues we need to make sure that we are living our values that when we talk about trust when we talk about customer success, innovation, a quality of every human being, we better make sure we're doing the right things to achieve those core values. We're trying to model that back out to the world. I mean, when we were a little company, a little startup 20 years, 21 years ago, nobody really cared what we did. But we realized then that our values were gonna be important to us, that our values would bring value. It's why I wrote the book Trailblazer, to help other CEOs realize how they could incorporate those values, and, and I'll tell you, I do get a lot of calls from CEOs asking me for advice on how to make shifts and changes into their company to evolve their culture to be a modern culture, to, to serve the world, to improve the state of the world, to repair the world, and also, Julia, to do exactly what you're talking about, to serve all stakeholders, not just shareholders. And that that's where we are right now, and that's a key part of the future of business. Mark Benioff, CEO of Salesforce, thank you so much for joining us. Great to see you, Julia. Thank you so much. You for too, Mark.